Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Inheriting a Poor Performer, Part 2. Here we go. Last time, we talked about studying and redocumenting the person's performance record that you're having a difficult yeah. time. This and, inherited performer. Yeah, have. and I think it's important. A big part of last time was talking about our, our, our theory, our principles about you can't fire somebody too soon. It's not as if you're building on an already built case. I think that's the mistake that managers mm-hmm. make. Um, you have to build a new case. And I know it's frustrating. And sorry, guys, this is the way the world is. We don't teach stuff that's undoable because that would be wasteful, and we don't teach stuff that's fantastical, right? And the fact is, if somebody's still at the company, it's as if that their past didn't happen until they repeat it for you. Right. The decision had been, good or bad, the decision has been made. Yeah. They are still part of the, yep. still employee in the organization. You inherit this individual, and essentially, give them a new slate. You, you've got to start fresh. I say the same thing about hiring that I do about firing. Hiring someone is always a bad idea until you have enough data to make it a fantastic idea. Same thing's true with firing. Firing someone is always a bad idea until the very end where you have enough data and it becomes a necessary Mm -hmm. idea. Good way to think about it. Okay, so you give them a new slate. Yeah, totally clean. You know, guys, this next step is, the difficulty of this is in direct proportion to how poor Robert's performance was. Okay, the worse he did before, the harder it's going to be for you to do this. But it's an emotional choice for you. It is. And, and as we've said many times on the show, uh, part of professional maturity is emotional maturity. And I don't think many people can argue with the idea that if they're here and they're on our team, we have an obligation to try to make them great. Now, if they work against us and they don't become great, okay, we can let them go. And we can feel good, as good as we can, if, if for heaven forbid we have to term somebody, terminate somebody. But the fact is, we don't go in saying, I'm going to try to figure out how to get rid of that guy. Because if, if all you do is walk into a room looking for things that are wrong, you'll find things that are wrong. Absolutely. Um, and and let's, let's say you fire them prematurely. You know, oh, there, there are going to be a lot of folks. You're going to be there, in trouble. There's you know, risk. Right? There's risk with that. Yeah. Risk, risk with him. Risk for your boss, risk yeah. for the organization, and, and risk, for you. risk risk for you, and risk with, relative to your relationship with yep. your other directs. Yep, yep. So, regardless how bad the previous situation was with Robert, regardless how difficult that makes it for you, we urge you to give Robert a fresh start. If you don't, and for whatever reason there are questions about how well you create a case against him, your case is going to be further damaged by the sense that others didn't have enough to act against Robert and the organization chose to help him try to stay, yet you are using that against him when he can do nothing about it, because of course it's the past. If you do, if you do give him a fresh start, you'll be creating a case from scratch if his performance doesn't improve, okay? If you do that, no one's gonna argue with you you if you can make that case. If you give him a fresh start and he fails again, no one's gonna say, well, you don't have enough. Yeah, I do. And as far as I was concerned, he got a fresh start. Look at the pile of stuff I got after 60 weeks of him working for me. Right. My gosh. Yeah, particularly true if you communicated to him at the beginning that you were giving him a fresh start. Yeah, exactly. If you do do this, you're going to be seen as forgiving. And there you're, therefore, you're more likely to, be, to err on Robert's side. A forgiving boss who decides to fire someone is always seen as having a stronger case than a demanding boss with little patience and a judgmental heart. Look, guys, admit it. Think of the end game. 
If you want a powerful in-game, if you want a case that's ironclad, you know this, the mindset you have to have in the beginning is forgiving. I'm going to be seen as somebody who's going to give the guy a fresh start. Yeah. If he then buries himself, it's not my fault. I told him I wanted to keep him. He just buried himself in a hole and then covered himself up. Nothing I can do about that. I mean, I can't do his work for him. But boy, if you're seen as somebody who's out to get somebody, he'll push back against you, which wastes a bunch of effort. You're going to be looking for the wrong things. And you know what? It may very well be a case where that reputation, that you're willing to get rid of somebody on less than wonderful evidence, that's going to follow you for a long time. No doubt. Yep. So, one more time, folks, from two executives who've done this before, we urge you, write off Robert's history, start fresh with him, and, as we'll tell you now, tell him that you're doing so. Very powerful stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a good point there. You're, you're communicating that, but you're communicating both sides of the argument, right? You're not trying to hide the yeah. fact. You're not, you're not playing ignorant about his past history in this case. Yeah, we're not just nice. We're smart as hell over here. We're doing it for good reason. We got good reasons for this. Giving Robert a fresh start isn't amnesia. His previous poor performance is important. But it isn't important right now, partially because you can't do anything about it because in the past, and knowing it doesn't help, obviously, because the organization has kept him around. Okay? It only becomes important and really not very important in the end game, but we're not in the end game yet. For Robert to have any chance to succeed, and guys, let me be clear about this. If you disagree with what I'm about to say, you got no business saying, I'm a professional manager, tools manager. If you, if for Robert to have any chance to succeed, folks, as a manager, tools manager, you have to want him to succeed. The moment you stop wanting your folks to succeed, particularly if you don't have enough data to unfortunately have to terminate them, is the moment you need to get out of management. Okay? A manager's job is too important, too sacred, too beyond just typical day-to-day responsibilities. Not doing your managerial job is not like forgetting to run an errand. It's more than that. Okay? We often joke that the people who hate managers most are the spouses of their directs. Because directs go home, and because of the power of the boss, they end up telling stories that don't make the boss look good. Well, you have an obligation to do better than that. Simple. It's very old-fashioned for us to talk this way, that there's some nobility in being a manager. We don't care. Call us old-fashioned. We don't care. We want to work for bosses like the kind of bosses we're trying to create. We want your kids to go to work for manager tools bosses. And you want your kid, if you have a young person in your house right now and he or she's going to grow up and become a professional and come into the world of work the way they all are, hopefully, you want them to have a manager or a boss who cares about them, who's willing to give them a second chance, and yet still demand high performance for them. And you want a boss who believes that they have a chance to succeed and they're going to try to figure out a way to help them do it. If you found out that one of your children had a boss who was helping them fail, you'd Mm. say, well, really, maybe it's not my kid's fault after all, right? And you'd say, that person's unethical. And that's not something we can tolerate. Absolutely would. Yeah. So, So look, for Robert to have any chance to succeed, you have to see your beginning with Robert as just that, a beginning, Okay. You're not an executioner on the king's payroll. That's not why the organization gave you managerial power, okay? Now look, we're talking about communicating here, but we don't recommend you sit down with Robert immediately, even if you've had the time before he started with you to do your research, okay? 
whether he came first or you, you, he was on the team and then you became the manager or whether you were the manager and he joined you and, and you knew in advance and you did the work. If you meet with him right away, and by the way, I, I admit I made this mistake. First day on the job, guy came to my team, well-known history. He, I knew two weeks in advance he was coming. He was on a special project, couldn't leave. I went out and did my research. The guy came to work, first down, first day, sat him down and told him exactly what I knew and told him well, we were going to do a fresh start. He didn't believe I was giving him a fresh start oh, yeah. because the first thing I did with him was tell him, I know who you are. Yeah. And, and look, yeah, I was- meant it that he was having a fresh start. He couldn't hear it because he knew, because he was carrying around a chip on his shoulder about all the stuff he'd done in the past. Now, as it turns out, he did fine. And a little bit of it was me. I'll take a little bit of credit. But we had a really good team, and there were a couple other people on the team that wanted to help him. And he really found his niche in the company. I don't, I don't take that much credit for it. But I remember that meeting, and I remember him saying, you're just like everybody else. No, no, I take that back. He didn't say that. That's the words I put in his head, looking at his facial expressions, his body language, when I said to him, I know what you've done before. Yeah. And there was ample evidence. But, yeah. He didn't trust you. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, here we are trying to build trust, and the first thing I do is make <laughs> a hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't mean to. I thought I was doing the right thing. The point here, folks, is that timing does matter. Yeah. Okay? And, and most managers who do poorly don't mean to. They just, yeah. they just do. And folks, yeah. we've been there. We've done it. Yeah. So don't say anything we're saying yeah. personally. We've yeah. been there. So look, if you only start your research the first day that Robert comes to work for you, the first day you join, because that's when you found out, schedule a meeting quickly with him once you finish your pre-work of talking to the people you need to talk to. If you have the research done when you start, wait a week, then sit down with him, schedule 30 minutes, okay? Now, tell him up front, we're going to talk about uh, starting out together, and tell him, I want to talk to you about your previous performance, okay? And how that's going to affect how I manage you. What, no, what if he interrupts or gets defensive? This has happened, well, it's happened to me once, and it's happened to a couple of guys I know several times, or several people, uh, it's happened to them as well. You've got to let him vent. To the point you made earlier about building trust, if in this meeting I have in my heart and in my mind both, I know what you did, and I want to start fresh. And he starts reacting to the I know what you did side. You're ne- it's just like giving negative feedback and having them push back. You've got to do a shot across the bow. You've got to, you got, you got to walk away. You've got to let him vent. Because there's no way you're going to get, out, get him out of defending the past at that moment, right? Because he's defensive and getting over to the side of, hey, I, I want to help you. I want to, I want to build trust here. And I think you, you have something to offer and I want to try to find it. Okay? So let him. Don't try to press your case just yet. Listen. And if you can't do it in this meeting, fine, but in another meeting, maybe later in the day or the next day, say, listen, the critical message here is easy. I'm giving you a fresh start, a clean slate. Yeah, I know about your previous performance or whatever it is he did. Okay. And by the way, don't give him chapter and verse, but be clear that you know what it is. And don't be vague about it and say, I know what happened last year. Yeah. Right? You, you could say, I know about the incident where your boss, where you threatened him. That's, I mean, that's sufficient detail you don't talk about without reinventing. Right, right, exactly. That's, yeah. Okay. And then what you go on to say, guys, is you say, but right now, that doesn't matter to me. Nothing you've done previously is going to be a factor in my evaluations of you or how I manage you. My evaluation is based on the time you're with me. How I manage you is based on your time with me. As far as I'm concerned, you're going to be as good as you can be. And I'm going to manage you to make you the best performer I can help you to be. 
That's what I do with everybody. I, I'll be managing you with the same processes I manage everyone else. One-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation. You're going to go through that just like everybody else in the team. It's not true that I'll be managing you, though, the same as everybody else because I manage everybody differently depending upon their performance and their communication style and their relationship with other people on this team and elsewhere. But you're not going to be singled out for your past performance, nor are you starting a different place than everybody else. It's up to you and to me alone to make this work the same way it is with everybody else on my team. Don't assume if I challenge you that that's because of your previous performance. Because I promise you, Robert, I challenge everybody. I look forward to helping you be damn good. And I'll work harder than you to help you get there. Okay. Now look, we have never found that telling someone everything you know about their past is helpful, like we talked about earlier. The fact that you mention it will tell them all they need to know, which is, I know. Yeah. And you know, I know. Okay. If they ask you what you know, you don't have to share more than, I reviewed your performance records like I do with everyone. I talked to your previous managers like I often do. I'm aware of this event. I'm aware of that event. There's no sense in going into it right now. That's what a clean slate means, Robert. Right. It happened. I know it happened. You know what happened. And now, here's a chance. If you thought I was the guy that was going to hold it against you, all I can tell you is you'll know me better in a few weeks. You'll know whether I'm a truthful person or not, whether I treat people fairly and compassionately. And the answer is, doesn't matter a bit to me. Show me how good you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter. In every action that a manager tool manager takes, we know that the past doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. The only thing that matters when it comes to performance is the future. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't recreate the past. You right. can't change the past, right? All you can do is create a better future. The only reason to have a conversation now about something that happened this morning is to change it in the future or to encourage the same thing in the future. That's it. It's all about effective future performance. Think about it, guys. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about the moment where you're giving feedback to somebody about the past, but really what you're talking about is the future. This is just someone who has a significant amount of negative feedback in the past, and you're saying, there's nothing I can do about the past, and I'm not going to judge you harshly a year from now. If you kick butt and take names from me, I'll tell everybody you kick butt and take names from me. Simple as that. You've shown us you can change your behavior. I've made mistakes in the past. I expect people to give me another chance. This is your another chance. There Simple. you go. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's interesting we talk about feedback and encouraging better performance in the future. and. Because we're going to manage him the same way we manage the rest of our employees. It's no different. We're going to manage using the Trinity. Yeah. One-on-ones. Feedback. Yeah. Coaching. coaching delegation, delegation. Right? Yeah. And I suppose, if you wanted, we could make this cast 50 hours long by repeating everything about the Trinity. Do you want to do that? We could. Why don't we, we take a break and then we'll come back. Take a break and, and, and we'll start, start in a little while. Hours. We're doing a bit of an unusual thing in this cast. We're actually recording it in my living room in my house in Fredericksburg, Texas. First time Mike's ever been in my house in, in Fredericksburg, Texas. Here, yeah. uh, we did video this morning. Uh, and we're not, it's comfortable. It's a nice leather couch. So let's so, go. So let's, let's go start. 50 hours. <laughs> no, actually, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's 500 hours. <laughs> We've got a ways to go. Yeah. So, so, but, but for those of you who don't know the Trinity, let's just be very, very brief. What are we going to do with Robert? We're going to ignore his past the way we do with everybody else who works for us. We're going to be knowledgeable about it, but we're not going to punish him for it. We're not going to praise somebody for something some they did a year ago when they weren't working for us. And we're going to first get to know him. It's the first rule of being a good manager. Know your people. And we're going to conduct weekly one-on-ones. Okay. Once it comes time in the Trinity rollout process, we're going to start giving him performance feedback. Right. That's the second thing great bosses do is they talk about performance. If he does well, we're going to tell him. Yeah, if he does poorly, do this, we're going to tell him. And we're going to do it the same way. We're going to start off for several weeks and give him nothing but positive right. feedback. Exactly. Right. Despite 
his and, past and, and, and we're not going to worry that if he's a poor performer, that giving him positive feedback is going to cause him to believe that suddenly he's out of the yeah, hole. Yeah. He knows he's in a hole if he's yeah. in a hole, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the simple fact is, if you say to Robert, well, I'm not going to give you any negative feedback, even though everybody else on the team is getting negative feedback, I think what you're doing is, first of all, you're reducing your chances to, to document his performance. And, and second of all, you're implying that, in fact, I am treating you different. You didn't have a blank slate. It wasn't a clean slate. And I'm being very careful around you. Now, look, if somebody does something egregious and you feel you need to be careful, that's one thing. But they need to do it on your watch, right? Simple. There you go. And then, after a period of time, you're going to start coaching him. You don't need to coach him on his past mistakes. The question is, if he's in that situation again, does he engage in the same behavior? I would argue that if he's put in that same uh, situation repeatedly and he doesn't engage in the behavior that got him in trouble before, whatever it might be, systemic or episodic, it doesn't matter. Give him positive feedback for the fact that he doesn't repeat the behavior. I wouldn't say... When you don't hit somebody, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> if, in fact, you hit somebody. Although, nowadays, if you hit somebody, you're pretty well done at that moment. And then, lastly, we talk about pushing work down. And if he earns it, the right to have more work pushed in his direction, by all means, do so. And, and this is probably the shortest description or explication of the Trinity we'll ever do. But I, I like to say that when it comes to the Trinity, there are 12 words. Know your people. Talk about performance. Ask for more. And push work down. And those correlate very closely with one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. If you're listening to us for the first time, you've never heard about the Trinity, and you're a licensee, look at your show notes. Click on the link. It'll take you to all the Basics cast. Start listening to the Basics cast. If you are familiar with the Trinity, this should be a no-brainer. If you're joining the team, you're, of course, going to brief everybody about one-on-ones, and you're going to roll out one-on-ones following the Trinity rollout model. If, in this case, Robert is new, you're going to brief Robert and say, this is how I'm managing everybody else. Everybody else is getting one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation. You're going to spend three months working for me just getting one-on-ones, and then we're going to add positive feedback, and then we'll add negative feedback, and so on. There you go. And we're and, not going to spend any more time on this, but don't, don't mistake us. This is the core of how you yeah. resolve this issue, work through this issue. If, you, if you're not willing to do the Trinity and invest in relationships and performance feedback and Making, making them better, pushing work down. If you're not willing to do that, then forget everything else. And guys, we don't, we, we don't have to apologize at all for the fact that 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 years from now, people are going to say the best work that Manager Tools did was on the Trinity. And, and we've already done a lot of it. There's more to come. We've got subtleties to add and so on. But that's the heart of this. And if you think you could manage Robert with some special type of management technique that's different than the Trinity, you're smoking crack. One-on-ones and feedback will get you not only a relationship that will help you understand where he, where he is thinking and how he's doing, but it'll also give you an opportunity with feedback to talk about his performance on a repeated basis in small instances so you can avert a crisis so he doesn't end up in the ditch before you have to yank him out of it and scare him to death. There you go. Yeah. Now, we absolutely, honestly are giving giving Robert in this case, this example, we're giving him a clean slate. We haven't forgotten about the past. We haven't forgotten where, where he is. And, and so one of the things we're going to want to do is document more carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now look, we, we're a little bit behind the curve here because we have a bunch of stuff to release on documentation and yet we haven't gotten around to it. But let's start with this. Depending upon the severity of the previous performance problems that Robert's had and the extent to which previous managers are going to stand by their assertions, we encourage you to document somewhat sooner than you might normally do. Now, many of you are going, ooh, what do they mean by sooner? Well, let me, let me say this. Your definition, Mr. or Ms. Listener, listener, of documentation is probably very different than ours. 
I have testified in court with nothing but a one-on-one form with a Xerox copy of a small yellow sticky, one of the one-inch-by-one-inch ones, uh, with a little minus sign and then an F, meaning negative feedback, and the word late and Tuesday, T-U-E-S, period, on it. Meaning, this person was given negative feedback for being late on Tuesday. Now, there were six of these yellow sticky notes copied onto this copy of a one-on-one form showing that in the week that this one-on-one happened, there were six instances of being late and six instances of negative feedback. And none of them actually happened during the one-on-one. They had happened during the week and the yellow sticky went on the one-on-one to remind the manager, you did give negative feedback Mm -hmm. about this. And we do that early simply so that we know a pattern exists as soon as the pattern exists, rather than realizing there's been a pattern here for months and I haven't seen it. And, and you might say, well, Mark, that's not documentation. That's note-taking. Well, folks, documentation yeah. is note-taking. That's all it is. And handwritten notes on yellow stickies on one-on-one forms, not memorandum for records, not letters of understanding, that is documentation. That does stand up in court. Okay? So we haven't released our guidance on documentation, but let's remember some simple stuff. Anything you write down is sufficient documentation. There are exceptions in some union environments, but generally speaking, those are rare. Okay? Contemporaneous note-taking, handwritten, is best. And contemporaneous means at the time of the event or very nearly thereafter. And actually, contemporaneous is best, and sometimes it is necessary. Signatures from directs are rarely required to prove documentation prove that it exists. In fact, a signature just generally means this was communicated to me. Long-term patterns, some other things we want to share, long-term patterns of benign behaviors can become or can be seen as malignant. More documentation, negative or positive, is always better. And no documentation is ever to be considered anything other than reasonable and prudent managerial record keeping. What I mean by that is you're not on a witch hunt simply because you start documenting. Because if I have two people working for me, Michael and Robert, and Michael is a star and Robert's struggling, when I wrote down minus F for negative feedback and put a circle around it and put today's date and put lateness, and that means I gave Robert negative feedback, if that's documentation, then so is the, the positive feedback thing for crisp presentation and uh, got done two minutes early in a presentation that I asked Michael to do, and I put that on Michael's form. Both of those are documentation, okay? It, yeah. it, they stand up to scrutiny, and both of them are good to do because I want to know if repeatedly, I'm busy, Michael's busy, but it seems like every time, suddenly I realize, every time I ask Michael to give a presentation, he rocks it. Well, there are jobs in our company that require a lot more presentations. Maybe I can start positioning him for one of those jobs, which would be a promotion for him. Well, I mean, and the other way to look at this is, well, what if, what if three months go by and Robert has improved his performance considerably? Yeah. And now you're sitting in the boss, and maybe you're going through one of those steel cage death matches where, yeah. where, where now you've got to get rid of somebody, and Robert has turned himself around, and he's not the person that needs to go. And your boss is having one of those steel, ca- death, you know, steel cage death match yeah. meetings. What do you need? Yeah. What do we always say? Documentation. The one the person with the most documentation. Yeah. Yeah. And if Proof. Robert was used to be a poor performer and is now a good performer, even a better performer, yeah. an excellent performer, boy, with your boss who has the old history, yeah. you need the documentation. Yeah. yeah, and to be able to say in the meeting, if you're in the meeting, be able to say, hey, guys, I know what you think. And a lot of us have made mistakes before, too. But let me show you what Roger's, Robert's done in the last three months. And then you show boom, 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 boom. 
people are going to go, okay, okay, fair enough. Now, I'd be willing to bet that all things being equal, if one of my peers, if you and I are peer managers and Robert works for me and Tara works for you, when Tara uh, has boom, 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 great stuff, and Tara is going to be the one that gets the sure. promotion rather than Robert. But all that's going to do in some cases is get Robert to neutral. But in the next steel cage death match, Robert can end up at the top of the heap, provided there's more documentation as well. And, I, I, and that's what you want. This is what you want. You want Robert to be successful. You want to be able to go into a meeting six months, a year from now, and tell folks how great Robert is. Yeah. That's when you look good. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed. The whole documentation thing is like, when did it become a bad word? Everyone I know who's a halfway intelligent when it was used goes to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, words have context, right? Meetings have context. You walk into a meeting, you've got a notepad and a pen, and you start documenting things that are said. Why don't we ask each other then, why are you documenting? I think it's a guilty conscience. I think that's what it is. I think you have a guilty conscience, sir. I think yeah, yeah. probably. Okay. Regardless, if things get better or if things get worse, you want contemporaneous record keeping of go. that. And the best thing to do, I'll tell you guys, I've alluded to this. We're going to do a cast about it. Have yellow stickies, tear off pieces of paper, put them in your pocket, and then throw them in the one-on-one folder. Not because you have to repeat them later, but because that's a great place to keep track of stuff. Sure, you could send yourself an email. Yeah, you could. I think you're wasting time. I think it's way faster to write yourself a note and just leave it in the folder. Simple. Yeah. 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 We talked, I talked about the positive outcome where Robert changed his behavior. And the fact is, the vast majority of the time, if you do what we're describing here, you will be successful and Robert will be successful. Yeah. And you, one could argue that Robert hasn't been successful in the past, partially at least, because his past managers weren't managed yeah. managers and didn't do the hard work associated Here, Here's something else. I think there are a lot of Roberts in the world that would say... The single biggest contributor to the fact that I was successful working for Ozan or Horseman or whomever or Danny Martin or Wendy, whomever, is because he gave me a clean slate. And I would actually say from their perspective, I wouldn't argue, but that's not actually what does it. What does it is the Trinity. What does it is the relationship, the performance communication, the asking for more and the pushing work down. Now, guys, that's not a a plug for the Trinity. And if you told me, Mark, I forgot to give him a clean slate, but I did the Trinity and it turned out fine, I'd say, well, there's your proof. But we believe both are necessary. And there are some people that just need to know because they're insecure. They need to know that they're, that, that they're not going to be judged. They've got something of a clean slate, even though if they know what you, if, if they know that you know what they did, they're not going to believe that it's a completely clean slate. They know you're a smart person. You're not right. blind about their history. Um, but I think the real engine is the Trinity. And we're not, of course, this cast is not about that. But the single most important thing you can do in Robert's mind, of course, is to give him a clean slate. And to be fair, guys, the first time I did this, I gave him a clean slate without doing the work and the, the background work. Mm. And that was wrong because. I should have known what I was giving him a clean slate for. Yeah. That's the whole point of that, right? right? You're not doing record keeping in the past. When you go back and interviewing people, you're not doing that in case of the end game. You're doing it to know what you're giving a clean slate for. We don't want you to be stupid. Or to help you develop a strategy for improving exactly. whatever the problem was. Exactly right. You've got to know what you're dealing with. You yeah. Go. Good. Now, okay, so 90% of the cases, if not more, you're going to be successful if you do this stuff. But the fact is, occasionally you fail. And let's be clear here. If Robert doesn't turn his performance around, yep. you as and a failed. manager have failed. That's right. And you failed, and you still have to fire him. Yep. And in that case, 
you're going to use the documentation that you've developed, the yep. notes you've taken. Yeah. We're not going to go through how to terminate somebody here, um, but the point we're making is one we made earlier. If if you provide the clean slate, and if you go through the Trinity, and if you do your level best to keep somebody whom the organization has said you're supposed to keep because they're still here and they haven't fired him, if you've done your best and Robert's performance justifies termination, you're going to be able to have your own case. Uh, Danny's great story about uh, Corky working for her and going to HR and saying, look what I've got. And HR saying, why didn't you come to us months earlier when everybody was telling her you can't fire anybody around here. You will use your supporting evidence and you will use the evidence from the past. But you don't want to go to HR or to your boss until you have a pile of your own that would stand on its own. And then if there are any questions, just saying, oh, by the way, and look, look what we've got back here. Here's his performance reviews. You can see all this is a pattern of behavior. Even if it's different behaviors, the pattern is subpar performer, somebody we can't keep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the final nail in the coffin. If your stuff stands on its own, it's much easier to walk in there and have the conversation. Much easier. And it's much easier for an HR person to say, well, we're judging him from something two years ago if, in fact, you only have 50% of the case made. That's right. Yeah. And if you build the case, then you can honestly look in the mirror and say, I did everything, level, my level best to try to save him. And, and I couldn't. And it's a failure on my part, as you mentioned. And should we be surprised? I did my level best. I did one-on-ones. I did feedback. I did coaching. I did delegation. And oh, by the way, he's been performing this way for the last two years. If I'm going to work this hard on meeting his manager and he's going to continue doing the stuff that got him in trouble before, really, at what point do we decide somebody needs to go? Yeah. Difficult, but the right thing to do. And there you go. Yeah. So just a quick recap, guys. Study Robert's performance. Redocument his performance record. It's worth it. You want to know what you're dealing with. Decide to give him a clean slate. Sometimes it's a tough call, but it's the right thing to do. Communicate both that you know and that he gets a clean slate. Okay, Use the Trinity. That's, that's your big 9,000-pound weapon. you got to document more carefully so that if he does well, you're good. And if he does poorly, you're, you're covered as well. And then, of course, use all the documentation if he fails. Although, ultimately, the previous history is really just the final nail in the coffin. It's not that hard, guys. The previously poor-performing direct, Robert in this case, has to know that you know and has to hear that you're willing to give him a fair shake. Then ask for his best and see what happens. One of two things will be true. Either he'll fail and you'll be the manager that justified his departure when others couldn't, or he'll succeed and you'll be the one that saved him. It's a no-lose situation. Just the opposite of what most managers say, which is, well, poor performer, this yeah, is a lose. I can't, I can't win, right? Um, but that's what Manager Tools is about, taking you out of can't wins into no-lose situations. There you go. All right, my friend. Thank you. You bet, partner. Thanks, everyone. If you have any questions about this particular show, hey, come to the discussion forums and ask the question there. We have a lot of great folks there who are absolutely willing to step in and help you answer that. And Mark and I will get in there and answer your questions. So come to the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums. We'll see you there. <laughs>